Partners, the podcast. Scene Partners. What you got? Quick and to the point. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know, we, we, we always do the opening and then we talk about the opening. People are tired of it. They're tired <laughs> of all this old crap that we People keep doing over and over again. Yeah. It's like we need new material. We need new hats. What yeah. are we even doing? We did get some new hats today. We did. How was your day? Uh, very busy <laughs> at work, but uh, got here and um, Lexi surprised us. You had us. work and you got here? Yeah, I had work. Then I went home and then I came here. This, that's That makes sense. Yeah. It's the order of my day. I like how your day <laughs> is, you. is just like, you know, when you get to a certain age, how was your day? I did this. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not like my day was great or like, oh, it was so fun. I did this and this. It's like, no, here's the schedule. Here's the chain of events that happened and you fill in the blank. You think <laughs> I enjoyed it? I went to work. I didn't go on vacation. And then I came here. <laughs> So like I woke up and went, you know, paragliding or something. But if you did, that would be a scary paragliding experience. Yeah. There's a lot of trees on your road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um I just Power think that, I just think that's funny. You know, you get to a certain point in your age where you're like no longer telling people how your day actually was, but you're just unloading the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like, what do you think? Remember remember back in the day, you'd be like, Oh my god, dude, guess what happened to me today? Yeah, you like remembered the small things. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with somebody. It was crazy. And this is what we talked about. And now it's like, look, these people were here. I was there as well. I'm home now. <laughs> Why waste time with the that meal? <laughs> You do kind of like when you see people so often, I do find this is true. When you see people all the time, you get to where you stop telling them the smaller things yeah. as much. You're like, they don't really need to know this. Where's the big the big stuff? No big things happened. <laughs> yeah. Let's just sit in silence for a while. I do that in, in group settings, too. It's like I'm not telling you every little detail. We're skimming over this. I will say that I have gotten more mature in that way. Whereas used to, it was the big group settings where I would yeah. be like, I'm yeah. now oversharing. It's an oversharing day. <laughs> yes, you would. And it would just like an, an immediate unload of everything that's ever happened in my life and what led me to this moment and how I met a guy that looked kind of like somebody who was in the group. And that was a whole other tangent. Yeah. You know, I used to think, wow, Cody is really transparent. But then I realized the more I got to know you, this dude... <laughs> Has no filter. He just doesn't stop <laughs> talking. I mean, I do think I am pretty transparent. When I was born, I came out of the womb, and I remember it was a traumatic experience. I, I don't actually remember. No, I okay, hope I just, not. Uh, I just hope that I just don't want anybody I'm just to saying think that, that you're, all the little things in yeah, your life. It's yeah, a, it's a lot of little things. Um, but I think that somewhere along the way, it just became, oh, you know what? People just don't need to know. And yeah. I think I've said that before. But just some people just, I don't have to give you this information. Yeah, I don't have to get you to like me in that way. We, <laughs> not everybody has to feel like they're my my BFF for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't need all the charming little details. I don't. Yeah, and also like I think somewhere I also realized that I might have thought they were charming details, in reality people were just smirking. Yeah, like <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like when is this guy gonna <laughs> shut up? So how was your day? Well, you know I. Uh, I woke up. I uh, didn't necessarily want to get up because we were coming out of a fall break at school. And it was really hard because How dare you? other people, it seems like they went on vacation. But since we had the show not long ago, they, my vacation from school, um, those two days off were just me catching up with life. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. oh, I've got to do all of this stuff that I do for our theater 
and for our house and all this other stuff in this amount of time. So like I went back into work today and they were like, hey, this is what we did. What'd you do? And I was like, ah, that's so you don't want to know got to do all those things. <laughs> you don't want to know what I did. Um, but also, you know, I think something else as you get older, I think you realize that just because I'm having a crappy time, I don't have to burden everybody with that. Yes. So it's like and it's really hard, you know, when people say, oh, look, these these amazing things like I'm so excited this and this and this are happening for for you then not to come back with. Yeah, well, that's really good for you because my life is, you know, <laughs> right. And it's I don't know. I, I feel like I've been trying really Debbie hard. Downer. Yeah, not. To <laughs> you know, a good example of that is you and I host the Tamp Tamp and Grind trivia nights, whatever. Right. And you and I had been working in you know each of our yards all freaking day. Oh yeah. And all I wanted to do when I finished was Let's just go, go to, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and we I still had this for other like thing thirty to do. minutes. I passed out for like thirty minutes, and it was glorious and then we go to the tamp trivia and we try to put on the best show that we can it was fun though yeah it was absolutely a blast that's just one of those things where you're gonna dread pretty much anything until you're doing it yeah and at least that's my experience it's just the lead up to it of being like oh you know i but yes, we didn't let that thing beforehand burden right yeah everyone it doesn't else's like, experience because they're that's not why they're there yeah and you know we want to do things like the tamp and grind trivia thing that is you know that's one thing that we can do for Amanda, you know, yeah. in this awesome little local coffee shop that we have. Um, and I mean, it's a small thing, but the lead up to it is always like, Oh man, how is this? Oh my gosh. Am I going to be able to do this? <laughs> it's really not even, and we never see the scripts and it's the easiest. It's gotta be the easiest thing that we ever do. Yeah. It's just time. It's just, that's all it is. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, okay. And you know, since we live further away, from the shop, it just kind of makes it a little like, okay, we got to really schedule this. But um, it is it is difficult not to do that. And I've, I like, have been having a struggle with that just in general of yeah. being like other people's success or other people's, you know, whatever doesn't necessarily define my experience. And I should yeah. try to take that away because of, you know, whatever I'm going through. Yeah, I feel the same way um, in that. I've had to tell myself this is their experience and this doesn't diminish our experience from what we had. Yeah. And I don't, you know, however I feel about it objectively is not conducive to my subjective feelings on what I think about it. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. just to do that in general because, you know, somebody else also like we, you know, you might have the feeling or I might have that feeling about something. And somebody else is looking at either of us and thinking the exact same thing, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just it's just one of those very subject subjective things. Um, and it's what you told me forever ago about comparison being the thief of joy. <laughs> yes. And I think about that all the time. Like you said that once and I've carried that with me forever <laughs> just because I really think about that a lot. I'm like, man, you know, it's it's true. Even when I was in school to be a performer. I think that's like just the case for any artist. Yeah. You know, you look at other people and it's like, oh, they're selling more paintings or, you know, they have more people at their show or they have more money than me or, you know, they seem to be getting better roles than I get or yeah. more opportunities and because of yada, yada, yada. And it's just constantly it's it's like in our business, we're set against everyone else. Because you're you're so in charge of your own success. Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard then not to be happy for other people whenever they have it. Because you're like, why don't I have it? And so then it's it's that whole comparison thing. And it's so hard. It's so hard to 
let that translate into a good thing. Yeah, I think the thing though is like you could you could go to a restaurant and you could order the same thing a thousand times, but then you go to the restaurant just one random night and for whatever reason the steak is just so much better than any other steak that you've ever had. Mm. Like there's something that's more substantial to it for whatever reason. Maybe they had a new chef or, or for yeah. whatever, you know, whatever the circumstance may be. It's just that I feel that way about what we left behind versus what other things are left behind yeah. in our stead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to eat candy my whole life. I would love to have some steak and potatoes. Yeah, something substantial. Yeah. Um, and I I understand that. I mean, it is hard. You know, we're, we, like, <laughs> I was just, I was just kind of thinking, you know, we, before we started today, we, uh, like I said, let's just do something a little bit different. And we decided that on the board, we would just write down like an overarching theme for today. And it was your suggestion was new beginnings. Yes. And I think that's awesome because we have kind of this entire time been so focused on what we were going to do. Yeah. And then we, you know, we've done it now and now it's like, okay, so, okay. So what are we doing? It is amazing because I think especially coming into the pandemic, there were so many things that were just deferred in life for so many people but I was talking with Ty the other day, and he said what it must be like to have your hope fulfilled. Yeah. And I went, yeah. It's true. Like, we were in such a privileged place mm-hmm. to, to have that. And to be able to have done it with the the best possible people that I could have ever asked for. Yes. And to be able to have gotten to hang out with them, it's, it's just awesome. And I'm, I'm super excited about that, but I'm also excited for... Uh, not only the the response and what I think that we will now have like moving forward as far as like our company and you know you and I and everything that we have going, um, but I do think that as far as who we are and what we represent as far as we are as as artists and as a company, I think we represented it in the best way possible yeah. with our last show, and I think that the um, what I would say with the privileged few or the privileged whoever that got to come and see the show you know um of course it makes it sound like only 10 people came and saw the show (laughs) that's not what i mean this is i was i was saying privileged few and then i started thinking i was saying that and thinking we few we happy few because i was literally like this is this is what's horrible this is what's going on in my brain the whole time i'm talking i'm like literally doing backflips on the other side of my brain being like oh yeah this is kind of like your version of your Band of Brothers, your St. Christian's Day speech <laughs> from Crispin's Day speech from Henry V. Like, yeah, it's true. Anyway, so the people that were <laughs> the few, the happy few that were able to be a part of, you know, seeing this amazing cast and this awesome production in so many ways. Um, I think that, you know, they're also excited now for what we're going to do next, because I think it's been a long time yeah. since people have seen um seen a production that had so much collaboration Mm -hmm. and i really think you know some somebody asked me the other day they were like i just they they said i haven't seen a show like that in our town in so long and i just I'm, i'm just like i don't know how you guys did it like what did you do that was different i was like well we just collaborate and we trust the artists that work with us yeah you know we i it was so awesome being able to 
direct a show with you and then also have someone like Kendall to work with for the lights and then absolutely trust him by giving him the vision and, and the concept of our show and then all working together, you know, not just with him, but with also with, with Christian Godet, with the music for all of us to be working in the same world in the things that we do best. Yeah. And everybody is, is fulfilling their job, not because someone is micromanaging them and making sure that, you know, Oh, this is exactly what I want. Because I think that when you do that in theater, you just, you're basically like painting yourself into a corner because if everything is just from my brain, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but if everything is just from my brain, then nothing surprising happens. I was watching this um, psychologist talk about like bosses that micromanage everything. And it's like the reason that you get frustrated so often is because you want everyone to do this the way that you would do it. And they're not. They have a different process of doing things Mm -hmm. to arrive at the same conclusion. And when you start to do that to people, they start to just stop caring about the thing that it is they're doing. And they also doubt their choice. Yes. And whenever you give people the freedom to explore and to know like, all right, well, if this doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And And anyone that's listening to this that didn't get an opportunity to see it. Go look at the photos that uh, Josh took of mm-hmm. the production, like the way that the lights look on the stage. There's a whole other person that we got to collaborate with. Yeah. Go to playontheater.com, playontheatercompany.com. Mm-hmm. That, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, playontheatercompany.com, and, and just look at the photos and how good it was. It was really awesome. I mean, it just everything, I, I could not have asked for a better production, but I think it is honestly, you know, and I said this last time, I believe, that you look at the person like the figurehead or the person that you think is like, oh, okay, so Cody, you know, is a owns play on theater company with his wife. So, so this is must be this is his thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's all of these people. Yeah. And without them, like, you can't say that theater is the most collaborative art form. And then just David O. Selznick it. <laughs> and yes, I just used that. <laughs> Selznick it, if you're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> But you can't just be the one that it's that's like, I'm absolutely I'm going to put my thumb on every single thing. And I'm just going to press down really hard. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You got to give people the freedom to explore. And I think that's was that was the difference. And I yeah. think that's the other thing about, you know, one thing that I'm excited about us moving forward um, is seeing how you are going to kind of evolve into this new like world yeah. that you're in because you haven't been able to be on this side of the table before and you got to experience what it's like to really like produce something in the way of directing and having your ideas in yeah. there and, and being able to offer up those suggestions. And I think, I mean, you and I haven't necessarily talked about it, but like, I think that that's got to be a bigger confidence boost for you to know like, Hey, I think I could probably direct something. Yeah. Well, it it's, it was the first time I think I've ever, there, there have been shows when I've been emotionally invested in the character, mm-hmm. for sure. But there's never been a time when I have been emotionally invested into every, every single character. aspect. Like the thing that I, and we talked about this the other day, the thing that I really loved about Mockingbird was that at, it's kind of like at the end of The Lord of the Rings when the hobbits go back to Hobbiton, that it's not the same house that Scout you know, lives in. It's not the same house that Atticus teaches his kids in at the end of it. You feel the difference. And that was explored with Christian's music. Yeah. That was explored with uh, Kendall's lights. That was explored with the way that the characters took the emotional weight of everything that had changed in that town. And Mm -hmm. I just loved so much of that moment. 
And so for me, especially like in the closing of the show, and you'd said this um, like our Saturday night as a, like a rallying speech, you know, we only have two more chances to get this right. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. And then we leave it forever. Forever. We'll never. I mean, that's, that is one thing that makes it so special. You know, mm-hmm. what we do is that it's fleeting because nothing, nothing special lasts forever. Well, yeah, that's what is great is that it is, it's eternal in your mind, but it is fleeting mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. I mean, it changes. Like, I, I think it's such a great opportunity. And I think that's the way it is for a lot of people in communities um, that have a good or a, like a strong art scene, uh, like a community theater scene even that allows people from, you know, everyday life that, you know, keeps the world turning in a sense, um, the opportunity to come in and explore something that's just like a little bit more of who they are yeah. instead of, you know, the cog in the machine, as you, if you will. And I think that it just gives them, you know, I'm so thankful that we had the people that we had in this show. And I'm also like really happy that in a sense that we could have given them this gift of, you know, you're going to, you have this experience now that Mm -hmm. you get to, you get to carry this forward. Like, you know, that there's not a single person in that show, including ourselves, that isn't different. Yeah. Um, that doesn't well, that's what I love. think about things is that it's in a so resonating way. versus it's yeah. just a thing that happened. Like, right. oh, this was good, but this will ripple with people mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. It just, it just, that is such an awesome effect. And I'm really excited, you know, that we said this was going to be new beginnings. So I don't want to harp on the past. No, no, yeah, we're like re- rehashing, but, but we've had, well, we've now so had hard. time to really reflect. Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> previously, it was the next day. <laughs> that, that it was true. just like, let's thank everybody that helped us. Yeah, basically. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think that we 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 found a really nice way to work towards something and we accomplished our goal in the best possible way and in more ways than than I ever could have dreamed mm-hmm. of, of it being. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm also excited for what it's going to mean for us being able to go into the comedy that yes. we're doing next. <laughs> well, you know, you'd said that thing about you're excited to see how I involve myself going forward and i've been reading tuna and i'm starting to learn the lines a little bit Mm -hmm. which i know to you might be a little terrible like oh how scary (laughs) well it's just kind of like okay all right well i'll jump on board well i'm also worried too because i've done this show before but yet again i played the role that you're now playing yeah and now i'm having to do the other one because normally I just i'm so worried about like my choices and my actions and Mm -hmm. now i'm thinking globally like, right. oh, what if Cody like did this for this and mm-hmm. then we had this moment play out like this and, you know, being co- more collaborative with it instead yeah. of just like, yeah, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. I think the first time you were like, just what, just whatever. Just like, please, God, <laughs> let me get through this. Dude, it was and so intimidating. It's a two man <laughs> show. And I was like, OK, I at least have to learn these lines. I'm more worried about well, that. I mean, it was a lot of pressure and I understand it was a lot of pressure. And I believe I said that to you whenever we'd done it, just because the show was really special for me. Um, because it was something that basically I did with like my first acting mentor, you know, and then now it's strange because you were like stepping into my role and I was stepping into his role. Um, and it was like, okay, I, we, I can do this. We can do this to be fine. But I know that that was, you know, because all of those people that saw whenever I had done this with Richard before they came back and saw it again, you know, which was pressure for me also because, Everybody in the community loved his performance. Yeah. Arguably way more than mine. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like, and it was hard because I watched him do it so much yeah. that it was like, okay, there are some things that I'm definitely going to steal from him because they're so good. But then also it's got to be artist me. steal. Yeah. But it's also has to be me. Like, oh yeah. I can't do all of his choices. It's just not possible. Now I did do his how, 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 But it's one of those things where it's like it, if you just but, mocked him the whole time, then it becomes a dishonest performance. Right. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. And everybody, it, it just, it would not have been very good for me to do that. And I wouldn't but, have wanted to because it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. It wouldn't be fun for me. The thing I had to tell myself, like it was like two days before we opened, it was like, okay, there's all this pressure. People are going to be having these expectations, but this will never be that show. Mm-mm. This was this was always going to be Chris and Cody's version of Greater Tuna. And that's why I'm so excited to explore this next yeah. leg of the story. Well, and I think that people get really hung up on, oh, we can't do that. That's theirs. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> like, nobody owns the rights to the show except for the rights holder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even they are like, please do our show. Please, God, do our show. <laughs> So I just, I, I've never understood that. I mean, like, oh, we can't touch that. That's theirs. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, but so anyway, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited for this new, for this next step. And what you were talking about at the very beginning was Lexi came home and she brought like a whole bunch of wigs yes. that somebody had donated to us. And so we were like looking at the ridiculousness and just basically shopping our characters yeah we were like oh i want this it's for such this a, character yeah. i want this for this character <laughs> it's such a funny thing to to build these you know it's 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 an interesting experience because it's you know we we are doing this show but it's kind of unlike putting together any other show yes you know where we are doing this actually more in what they would say like they would have done in shakespeare's time where there's not mm-hmm. necessarily a director you yeah know? we are doing this show together and like of course i'll say the blocking for what we're going to do but in the sense that we're going to create these people in a collaborative way which i think in this particular show works better yeah and i even though that's different than like you know what everybody does um necessarily with theater where you know you have to have a director and you have to have all these other things but in this particular performance i think it works so much better because of that ownership thing Mm-hmm. Because it gives you and I the opportunity to really build these people and then behave the way that they would. And since we have to be so in control of the situation, yes. that I, I think that it it actually helps us. Well, I also feel this real sense of, especially going into the, the second leg of the story for the, mm-hmm. for these characters, the real sense of ownership over these characters. Yeah, over these people. And it's like, You're oh. Like, well, no, Vera wouldn't like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I know Dee Dee would love to do this. And then Arliss would deliver this line this way. And it's just like having that sense of, well, I know this town now. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting to sort of like the second season of the story. And right. I'm very excited about <laughs> this next leg. I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. It's a very funny story. And it's adding a lot more characters mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and um, and you get your you get your very own old lady that you get to perform. It's about time, <laughs> <laughs> Dixie D. Barry. It's just a very fun. It's a very fun show, and I'm I'm just I'm excited about it. And it honestly, even though it it is a Christmas version of the show, but it has like the first version, the first like draft of their script. You know, it is so brilliantly written. Yeah. 
and everything just lends itself. And the more that you read it, it's it's written in such a good way that you're like, oh my gosh, like this all like ties together. The yep. more that you do it, and I mean, I did the show so many times, and still this last time that we did it, I was seeing new things and hearing new things. And the Christmas version is it still has all of that in there. It's still really funny and absolutely ridiculous and so farcical. Um, but it is also like it has like they added in that Christmas element of it mm-hmm. like that. They added in that like, like heart, like yeah. your character of Petey Fisk, who is the town's uh, resident humane society. <laughs> yes. He like has this monologue and I remember doing it so clearly. It um, I I would go downstage and it was a it's like Petey's plea to the heavens. He's he's like praying. He says, I don't. It's it's like a um. I don't know if you're really up there, or what's up there, or whatever it mm-hmm. is, but I need help. And he's like, lays it all kind of out there, and he tells the story of the, of like Jesus being born in the manger, and he compares yeah. it to all of the animals around him, including the iguana. It's almost parallel to what his last monologue is yes, in the first show. Exactly, he becomes like this heart, and then the it rest of the, the show heart. falls into the heart of that. yeah. And it's but it's so good, and I remember going down there and delivering that monologue and I was performing it and we were in a black box and it was very like, you know, it's really intimate and I was all the way downstage. So I was probably like three feet away from, you know, the first audience member. And I saw a glimpse when I like never do this because I, I honestly at any show, I could never tell you who's in the audience. I don't understand yeah. the people that can do that. I've never, they're like, Oh yeah. Do you see so-and-so's here? They're well, sitting on this row. It might also be that you and I take our glasses off for that's shows. That's also true. It's like, I couldn't tell you if you were in the audience I or just, not. Also like, I don't think I ever look at them necessarily. No. I mean, I look out, you know, where the fourth wall would be, I guess you'd say, but I never focus on that. I'm just always well, you try so, to focus and play in the world. Yeah. In the world. Well, so I caught a glimpse of my mother. Oh. And it just like ripped me. Like I almost didn't finish the monologue because I was crying. I started to cry. You know what so I love? Hard. You know what I love so much? Because in the very first scene, there's this this line between the the show is kind of based around these radio broadcasters, and they're kind of like the the narrators, if you will. And the very first like real joke between the two of them is you say you were emotional and I was like, yes, he's always emotional. <laughs> and I get to just say that so deadpan and I'm so excited about like that being the inside joke. Like, yes, this crybaby next to me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it literally, I, I didn't think I was going to make it through that speech. It was just crazy. And I don't know what that was about, but I just, and then from then on, like I couldn't know when my mom came and saw the show because yeah. it would like, for some reason would make me emotional. And I don't know what that is. It's probably just because, you know, like in your brain as an actor, you're acting, but you're also still you. Yeah. So there was there. I don't know. There was just something about that that just every night and the probably whenever you do it, I'll I'll be backstage crying anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you will. And it won't make sense for whenever I come back on. But there will be a comedic moment immediately after that and you'll be crying. There you go. <laughs> I am really excited to see what happens because, you know, when we performed the first show, I did kind of a terrible thing, but I I think the best thing ever as an actor is to go on stage and feel the freedom, even in front of an audience, to try something new. (laughs) And when I'm like right before our very first, like we were performing the opening night of Greater Tuna 
And I walked out of there as it was like this nothing role. And it was honestly the scene that I hated the most. Mm-hmm. I hated this scene. And we never could figure I, it out. I knew you hated it because it was like, let's just hurry up. Get yeah, the I just wanted to get through on. it and just move on because it never worked. It In fact, I don't think it was, that the, it, worked. it was the only scene that you never could get the lines right on. Yeah, I couldn't get it right. I hated it. I still I still like think it's horrible, but we turned it into something. No, we didn't turn it into anything. That's, that's true. It was you really just me. made me Fallon. That's, that is true. I did make you Fallon pretty hard. Um, So I, I just had this idea of what to do in an instant and just went with the instinct. And I was really happy that I did. It probably, I don't know if it was to the service of the show, but it was hella fun. <laughs> like I look over and you're making all these weird, like thrust with your pelvis. And then you start like, well, I just kicking had this the ground idea back like you were a the chicken. character was kind of like a cocky rooster. And it just occurred to me right in the instant as I was entering, and I was like, "All right, like I just it just made sense." <laughs> and it was just so funny. The second that I saw you kind of like giggle, I was like, "I'm on the right path." Oh yeah, because I sat there and went, huh, "What?" What was bad was that I then felt like I had to continue to top it every single time. I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, what else can I throw at him?" that ended up being a lot of people's favorite scenes. And that's true. And that's what's so crazy is like that scene became everybody's like when we did the audience response thing and we're like, oh, that sheriff scene was so fun. I was like, that was so ridiculous. Yeah. Because it wasn't fun until tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it has been terrible every other time. But I'm interested now because I feel like that is that character and there's no other way yeah. that I can not do that. And there's a scene that happens between that character and one of your favorite characters, Dee Dee Snavely, at and they have a long scene together, and I'm just interested, in, like how oh, that's no. gonna like play. Oh, no. Whenever you you know you get the, I just I'm just really interested in it. I'm excited yeah. for it. I well, think we'll it's be able be to explore all those things hopefully before we get in front of an audience. I make zero <laughs> guarantees that I, I won't follow my impulses. <laughs> But luckily, we, we had rehearsed this thing so much that we were to the point that I could do oh, something. Yeah. And I do through remember the laughter, telling we made it you, through the lines. I do remember telling you that when the audience got there, no matter what, it was going to be different. <laughs> That's not what you meant. <laughs> that is what I said. That is not what you meant. <laughs> Intention is everything. Because they, I don't know what it is about that particular show, but it changes the whole vibe. Yeah. The second that there's all that all of those people are in there and then you feel the moment that they buy into the fact that you and the other actor are playing every character in this entire town. Yeah. And they like start to get in on the joke in a way and they forget like they truly believe like they start. They're like, oh, yeah, it's so fun. Like that. Like they start talking about the characters Mm -hmm. just like they're independent of one another. You're like, you do know that that's me the whole time. Well, that's what I love is like that one is so concisely written and it's, it's so great because you see at the very beginning, they throw out the, uh, the, the one character who's talking about this, this meeting that they're going to have later. Then Mm -hmm. you have the weatherman and then you come back and then we start to get into the town. Right. And it's almost like you're setting up, What's about to happen? Each character has to go through a couple of changes and then bam, you're in it. Yeah. And then you're inside the house. Yeah. With the dog. And it never 
never stops after that. It's just so much fun. And I'm really excited to get to work on that. And I know that's absolutely ridiculous that we like ended the show and we're like, all right, we need to go. We need to just get started. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get started on our Christmas show. You know what's crazy is if we would have done the actual follow-up show, Tuck Everlasting, and mm-hmm. then with a, like a four or five week turnaround, I'm already learning the script now and I forgot how many run-on sentences there are yeah, in the script. Yeah, it is really difficult. And I was like, Oh man, and like every word is really funny because mm-hmm. it builds upon the punchline. And luckily we have wonderful human beings that keep us honest, like Ty Cedars, who's gonna come and watch us one night and give me two and a half hours of notes <laughs> <laughs> and be like, You really need to say these things. They're funny. You're like, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. You know, I He's th- like maybe try less hard and just say the words. <laughs> Like the words as they're written are really funny. Yeah. And that did teach me a really good lesson uh, that night with him. It was like, oh, yes, these words have a purpose in this yeah. script. Like ad-libbing is not, that's not the the This best. isn't the show for ad-libbing. No, 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 no. You know, we kind of talked about that too, about, you know, uh, when on stage is it okay mm-hmm. to ad-lib? And, you know, because we've both been in shows together where – we have been told like that was a lot that felt like was that a lot of ad living like what was going on there it's like okay so just picture it <laughs> you're on stage you're the only two people that know what's going on and the other people haven't entered yet <laughs> and you're yes. waiting and you've said the cue lines and you're there do you stand in silence for lord knows how long or do you try in some way like, you have to keep the show going. I felt like it was just a comedy bit between the two of us. Well, the it got to where show. it was just, like, so ridiculous that you and I, in this particular show, just knew that people weren't going to be there. And it was like, all right, well, <laughs> we're just trying to get through it. <laughs> like, I just got to do whatever it takes to get to the end of this show. Yeah. I'm tired. I am hungry. And I'm wet. <laughs> yes. I want to go Very to bed. sweaty. It was just so ridiculous. And I remember like getting getting told that about like it just felt like you guys said a lot. It was like we said a lot of other people's lines. Mm-hmm. We said some lines that didn't exist. And the show ended. The show ended. <laughs> we drove the plot. I you know what? I am so happy that you and I have not done a show since this particular show that shall not be named, where we have not ran act two before we opened it yes did what i say just made sense yes okay i was just like i was saying it was like i don't i want this to we had never achieved the ending of the show before the opening of the show right yeah even in runs we opened the show and had never fully blocked the ending of the show we had never done the last change of the show Mm -hmm. and we were like we'll see if we make it What's it going to be like? I don't know. Never done this before. And there's a whole audience out there. It's yeah. insane. That is like the most nerve wracking. Like no one should ever be in that position ever. Yeah. Well, oh. it's, you know, as an actor, what you have to do is say, I'm not in control of the situation. What will happen will happen. Yeah. And but I am going to do my what, best like to cover it. a terrible position to be put in. Yeah. You know, like that's that's not okay because in the end, we're the ones that look bad as the actors. Oh, yeah. Because we look like we don't know what we're doing. It's like, no. We haven't been given the tools. Yeah. Like, we were like handed a bunch of lumber and said, I don't know, maybe it's a house. Yeah. Like, you know, figure this out. 
I, I'm trying in the best way that I can, but you have to give me an opportunity to try it. And it's also kind of like your job. <laughs> like, it's not my job to figure out my own. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm just so thankful that that has not yeah. been a part of my life. Look, I would always rather, and you know me, like I will over rehearse something to yeah. the point where it's like I can know it by memory, and then I can try different things. Well, you want to get tired of it. I feel like before the audience mm-hmm. gets there, which I think was a really great thing with the last time that you and I did Greater Tuna was we were like in need. We were in need of an audience to be. Yeah. Like we were over it. Lexi and Dana, the like. Oh, yes. Our wardrobe people were over it. You are absolutely right in that. Yes. The audience changed the share of scene, but it changed so much about the show. Yeah. Like we would lean into those things that mm -hmm. because you do something. You forget that it's funny. Yeah. You start to second guess if it's funny. Really? Like a lot of these things and lines and, and, you know, you're doing this for the same set of friends who've seen it. Every well, night you were making these choices and you're like, I mean, this was funny when I first started making it, but it doesn't feel funny anymore. Yeah. It's like doing those things at rehearsal. And it's like this made the cast laugh. But mm-hmm. does this work for an audience? Yeah. Is this now just know. an inside joke mm-hmm. or ooh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm also, I'm, you know, it was great being able to do our last show at the at the big theater, but I'm also really excited to go back to the black box. Yeah. So I just love it. Yeah. You know what? I, I was talking with somebody the other day and they were like, man, I thought you guys were going to put this on at the black box. And I said, yeah, we did too. <laughs> it's really where we <laughs> wanted to put it on. But I also thought that there was something to be gained. Yeah. We, by telling the story in a different way with the lights. We did it in a, and like as far as the stuff that we were able to achieve at the bigger theater in town, is really just about the fact that there's more money in that theater. Yeah. And so there's more capability. Now, why we live in a town where all of the new stuff just goes to the big space and that there's a completely ignored theater that is working with the same lighting system that it had when I started theater. Yeah. That, to me, makes no sense, especially whenever your arts council that runs the theater is literally in charge of writing grants and dispersing grants and doesn't figure out a grant for the theater. Like I, I can't put that together in my brain. I have said what I said about the arts council. (laughs) I know that, you know what I was thinking about the other day, we went through all of this with the, you know, the, I'm just going to refer to him as Darth Vader with the Sith Lord over there at, at the arts council about getting this show on the road and like talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and going. And you know, he didn't even come and see. Oh, I know. I'm very much aware. I was like, this is insane. Like, I get it. Like, you're not going to go to every show, but how can you not go and support? Like, this is your job. Yeah. That's like, I don't I don't even know what that is. It's like, literally an evening of your night. It's it's an evening, like one evening, or evening of your life. And it, it doesn't just, even make sense because I that's not my job. And we go see everything. Yeah. Like this next weekend, like we're going to be in we're going to be in Los Angeles for Lexi's uh, Lexi's brother's wedding. And so this coming weekend, we have to see like these two shows like we, yeah. we're like packing in the show's that some of some people that we know are putting on and it's not like i mean we both of these shows we've seen before it's yeah. not like we're going because we necessarily want to see 
a production of this show. It's just we're going to support these people. Yeah. It wouldn't matter what the show was. Like we're going I, either mm-hmm. way. Um, and it's just I I don't understand how we can feel that sense of obligation. <laughs> obligation. Obligation. Um, that sense of obligation, and then the leader of the arts council is like, eh, I'm just gonna wait until I can, you know, hire some off Broadway dance company maybe to come in here that five people want to go see. I think the difference is I just that don't get it. You are a part of the community and you also want to stay a part of the working community of of theater in this yeah. area. I mean, I guess that's true. I just And you're not above it. And I, that, feel I think like that you that's, can't say mind. like it's a difference between you and him. I just don't think that you can say we need to like you cannot get upset when people don't show up to support you when you do not support yeah. other people. I that I stick with it 100%. And I know that there are other people in our community that you know, are part of whatever theater companies that didn't come and see our shows uh, or that don't come and see our shows. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to go and support them. Yeah. I mean, it stinks and I wish that they would, but I, I mean, it's just one of those things like it is entertainment and you shouldn't feel forced to go and do so. Yeah. But I can't, I can't scream at the top of the you know mountain that everybody needs to go and support local theater or support your local artist and then not support the local artists. Exactly. That makes no sense. It's like people saying like, oh, all of our business is coming from China, but they only ever shop at Walmart and they don't support anything that is a locally owned business. Like, <laughs> yes. I, what are you doing? <laughs> How can you make America great again if you're not buying things in America? Yeah. Literally in your town. I just like never understood. I never understood this. Yeah. And I really kind of hate myself that I use that slogan. I hope that it was known that I used that sarcastically. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Sarcastically or seriously? I can't, you know. No, it was definitely sarcastic. Being that you said that, this whole time, the way that you have shaved your beard, it looks like you have just a mustache. I don't. And then the way. You just can't see. You just can't see. I'm sorry. You're the worst. You look like a Mario brother. I I trimmed my beard literally twice. You look like a firefighter. You're a fight. You wish you looked like a firefighter. That's true. Yeah. I. I. Every time I have never successfully trimmed my beard and I don't know what other people are doing. And if they have secrets, like, please tell me if you just have someone else do it for you. I don't know what to do. Every time (laughs) I'm like, this is going to be the time that I successfully trim my beard. I've never done it. It's it's like I will be doing really great. And then I make one horrible, crucial error. And it's always (laughs) like right at the end, right at the end. And this last time I cut my mustache too short and it looked insane. <laughs> I looked insane. I had this long beard and this little bitty mustache like stubble over my lip. It was like this I can't I can't do this. <laughs> I look like somebody that tried to be Amish and failed. Like it just <laughs> looks terrible. Like a homeless Amish man. That's what I look like. So I just went would on you ahead like some and homemade butter. I would. Some preserves. I really would, though. Yeah, those are actually really delicious. I, but so I just took everything else off. I just did it. And I knew that it was going to be a horribleness, but it'll go, it'll be, uh, I'll be back to normal. But the thing is, is like, I don't know what to do. I can't break the cycle. I'll like grow my facial hair out. It'll look awesome. I'm like having a great time. It's like, I need to trim this. It's getting out of hand. I go to trim it. I have to basically shave my face and just start all over again. And I do this. I've done this for the past like 10 years of my life. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just you. the way that the uh, the microphone is just positioned. You just wanted to get me off of this subject because I was like saying things that were going to get me into trouble. Mm. 
whatever got you there. It's also right at the end. I like that we just wait right till the end until we just start really crapping on, you know, like all the stuff. Like, yeah. We'll just throw it all out there. Always. You start out high and then you ride the roller coaster down. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's going to be a really great time as far as the beginning of something that yeah. is new and seeing where where we're taken on this journey. Well, I think that it's very exciting coming off of what we just come off of and knowing the pedigree of what we've released previously. Yeah, and the new audience that we're going to be able to gain yes. from that. And, and that's I think that, that whole thing of separates us too. In a good way. Yeah. I mean, I am excited. Not in an arrogant way. I didn't mean it like <laughs> It's okay. You can't you can't backtrack it. Um, but it's <laughs> I can erase it. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, no, but I, dang it, now I forgot what I was going to say. You're the worst. <laughs> Throwing my facial hair out on the ground. I did not do that. You did that your I, own. I literally did that my own self. Um, no, what I was saying was the the audience. I'm excited for the, the new audience that we have gained from our last show because yeah. we would not have had, you know, this particular audience that would have just been like, oh, these people are doing Tuna Christmas. We're going to go see it. But since they saw our last show, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I've already gotten so many people that reached out about doing, about wanting to come and see our next production. It didn't matter what it was. Yeah. And to me, that was the greatest compliment. Yeah. Like, you just want to come and see something that we are doing because we're doing it. That is amazing. And it also is exactly what we want. Because mm-hmm. you want your audience to trust you. And that's the goal, I think. You know, we talked about that, about building a season. You want to, like, you kind of have to train your audiences to know, like, I may not be familiar with this show, but, you know, they're doing it, and they do good stuff, so I'm going to go see it. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I like the other things that they've done, and now I'll watch this, too. I want to go see this show that was popular 20 years ago, and I'm going to go see it because it was popular. Yeah. And instead of, let's see a new play. Like... I just found out that Beth Henley wrote a brand new play that's called like Jacksonville or something. Beth Henley wrote Crimes of the Heart. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Little Miss Firecracker. Um, but uh, I, she's an amazing writer, and I really want to read this show. But I, 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 I just did this strange little thing. A friend of mine um, called me the other day, and they were like, "Hey, we had somebody drop out of this play reading. Will you do this like Zoom play reading thing?" And so I. I jumped on and I read this character in this play called The Bachelorette, and it is honestly one of the most disgusting plays I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they were like, you know, do you want to read it first before you agree? And I was like, I really don't care. Like, whatever it is, I'll, I, it's fine. I'll just do it. And then I was reading it and was like, oh, my God. Like, I now understand yeah. why they asked. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous and so funny, but I, I did. it did make me think, like, you know, it is true. There is something about like I can watch something on TV and it could be just like the worst. And it'll be like, Ugh, whatever. And like doing it and seeing it on stage. I don't know. I think it's just like the reality there is too strong. Well, there's no barrier to entry. Like you're still safe in your home when you watch yeah. that. When you're watching two people do like weird things on stage, you're like, oh, that's, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Rough. Like Bat Boy. Uh, yeah. Bat Boy's very uncomfortable. Awful. Very uncomfortable. It's show. awful. Um, but so, so anyway, so I was reading this show and, uh, and it was just fun because it was like a new, it was a new play. I mean, the thing is, it's really not a new play. It's like 
eight years old or something, but it still was like, man, this is so cool. Like a contemporary play that is about like, you know, reality. Yeah. And even though this is disgusting to me and I would never, ever identify with these people, like this is still like someone's reality. Of course, that's the case with the last show that we did. It was a lot of it was deplorable and disgusting mm-hmm. to me. Um, but there was just something about something about this. It was just so insane and very, very weird. But in doing that, like they were talking about some new plays and there there it's this new theater in Baton Rouge called Red Magnolia theater and they seem super groovy and i'm really excited for them um i don't don't know how long that they've been open but i think they have a similar story to us where they like started their company and had like a couple of shows under their belt and then the pandemic hit and they're like oh my god the law order gavel yeah um but they're doing like this next season that they're trying to put together which is really exciting is all completely female driven productions which is really cool that's cool and so like lexi and i were talking we're like that would be kind of an interesting thing to think about like you know because we're thinking about the shows that we want to add into this next season Mm -hmm. you know after tuna christmas what we're going to do what we're going to be able to do and those kind of things and it would just be interesting to see about like what would that be like yeah you know to throw in like female uh, playwrights with female casts. Like, what is what are these shows? What would that that would be kind of cool? Anyway, it was just kind of excited, and they were talking about Beth Henley's new play, and I it made me think if we did a brand new play, even if it was a playwright that people might know. Not like I'm not saying that everybody in our community is like, oh right, oh I love Beth Henley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, but even if it's like a famous playwright, would they come and see it if they have no frame of reference? Yeah, you have to you have to build that audience yourself before you can right. ar- arrive at that. I mean, people like people know the Agatha Christie's and the um, Andrew Lloyd Webber type thing. Well, and even if they don't know Agatha Christie, they hear murder mystery and they're like, that's familiar. Yeah, that's safe. I'm OK with this. Like, this will be fun. And so I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm interested in that. And, and I'm hoping, I'm honestly hoping that we have the, the patience in order to, to get to that point, you know, like that I, I do kind of look, worry. if you have the patience to regrow that beard with that mustache, you're gloriously sitting on your face, <laughs> then you have the patience for anything. My friend, this is, I don't, it's the same length as the rest of my facial hair. <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's just so thick, I guess, right there above your lip. Oh my god. It is it is it is pretty thick over here. That is true. It actually might be longer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you know? You keep cutting it crooked. <laughs> but I feel like it feels like it's all the same length. Literally touching my <laughs> touching my face all the time. Um anyway, but I do hope that I have that patience to be able to to stick it out. To see that happen. Yeah. I, I think just, it would be I really worry cool. The, like, I do worry that the weariness of waiting will will like start to break my spirit. That That is like a fear of mine. I think you have impulse control like I have impulse control. And you're just like, I'm going to pull the trigger anyway. I don't care. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I just, you just get so t- You're like, 
we're going to get here eventually. Can we just get there now? Like, I don't understand. But of course, I'm also that means that I'm wanting to change the entire culture of our community. Well, baby, Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just it's it's so hard to be like, I'm now going to my like my job is to convince people to have a good time. Yeah. Like what is what even is that? And it's so frustrating, too. And I don't know if it's this way in other small communities and people can let us know. But where all I hear is people complain about how there's nothing to do. And yet I I there's so much going yeah. on. There's a floodgate of shows and happening right now. Any time that anybody creates anything new in our community, people are like, I'm not going to go with that. What? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know that you don't like it yet. That doesn't make any sense. Like. You have got to try. And and the thing is, is that if they went on like vacation somewhere, they'd be like, oh, this sounds cool. Let's mm-hmm. do that. But since it's in our community, they're like, no, I'm not doing that. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around that. Like, I mean, to be you... fair, a local community trying to do <laughs> like Cirque du Soleil is yeah. not nearly as good as watching the actual artists but do listen, that. listen, I would go in a heartbeat. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. I would be there in a heartbeat. I don't even care what the ticket price is. You want to make some money? I'll buy all the tickets. Yes. Like, I will sit. I will have a private viewing. That would be so much fun. Me and my mustache. What would you do if someone bought every ticket to a show, it was completely sold out, and they sat there with a sign, you suck the entire night? I would be so happy. Would you still perform the show? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, the tickets aren't are non-refundable. <laughs> That's true. We but all that, it. all that to send you a message. <laughs> I would take that message to the bank, baby. Kind of like what we did with the trivia. Bank. We're going to skip a few rounds of this. <laughs> Except we didn't. No, we ran through it, yes. Oh. We wanted to. It was just we were so tired. That's a good place to... End it, I think, right? You're Christophanopoulos. And that was Cody. Now I'm going to be obsessing about it. I'm going to be in the shower looking in the little mirror, my little shave mirror, just being like, is this right? Is this okay? I don't even know. And then somewhere in the back of my mind, it's going to be like, Chris is just jealous. That's what Lexi's going to say. I'm going to say this because I'm obsessing about it. She'll be like, he's just jealous.